Welcome to the Principal PLN Podcast, hosted by Dr. Spike Cook, Jessica Johnson, and Teresa Stagger. Principal PLN is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in educational leadership. Be sure to follow our hosts on Twitter, at Dr. Spike Cook, at Principal J, and at Principal Stagger. There are many great ways to contact the PLN, follow the hashtag PrincipalPLN, or at PrincipalPLN on Twitter. You can also search and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. All links can be found online at PrincipalPLN.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Principal PLN podcast. Today we have Jethro Jones, who's a principal up in Alaska, joining us to talk about being a paperless principal. We have the whole team here today, too. We have and Jessica. How are you girls doing? Hey, fabulous. Sorry, I just got so excited that we're all together for I know. It's exciting. I think this is the bedhead challenge. This is the bedhead challenge this morning. Although, you know, we we had mentioned when we got Jethro on here, I said, you know, it's it's Saturday. And, I I mean, Saturdays are always kind of busy for me because I do my my church stuff on Saturdays and I play the piano for a lot of weddings, (laughs) which is only important to say because of a conversation we had earlier this week. We (laughs) thought that that I was really social. And then we, I just went know. to a lot of weddings, but because every Saturday they're like, "You have a wedding every Saturday." Like, how many people do you know? I'm like, I don't know any of these people. They pay me to play the piano. I don't know. So um, I thought I had the most boring life ever. Like nothing ever happening. And here's Teresa. Yeah. And then all these weddings. No. So I have a wedding today, and we have our auction, which is our biggest fundraiser of the year. And I'm like, dude, it's gonna be nine o'clock in the morning. I need to get sleep. And then Spike is like, uh, Jethro's in. For, for 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, and I'm like, all right, well, you know what time zone is he in? He's like, he lives in Alaska. <laughs> so now I feel really bad about, like, not doing my hair or even looking remotely okay because it's 9 a.m. here, and Jethro looks great, and it's like 5 o'clock where he is. So I thought it was like 4 a.m. yesterday in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. That's feels how it feels. <laughs> Well, Jethro, welcome to the show. I I know uh, we're going to be talking today about uh, the paperless principle and and some of your uh, excursions going up to Alaska. But for those of us uh, out in you know listening who who don't know you, just uh, introduce yourself a little bit, and um, you know we're excited to have you here. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my name is Jethro Jones, and uh, I'm principal of Kodiak Middle School out here in Kodiak, Alaska, and that's an island that is just on the uh, uh, the western part of the Gulf of Alaska, so just down by the Kenai Peninsula, um, and it's a pretty. I have a question. Yes. Can you see Russia from your house? <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. I certainly cannot. I wish I could, but no. We're on the uh, east side of the Aleutian Islands and Bering Strait, so we're not quite that far. Um, but I did see whales out uh, last weekend out on the ocean. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's awesome. Pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. So, cool. no big deal. Just part of being an Alaskan, you know. You see that kind of stuff frequently, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So anyway, I uh, I wrote this book, The Paperless Principle, um, uh, after my first year of being an assistant principal at a uh, Title One elementary school. And I was so overwhelmed with this, uh, with all the paper that was coming my way, and it was preventing me from actually helping students. It was preventing me from helping teachers. 
and I knew that I needed a way to organize things and get things taken care of so that I could actually do my job of helping kids learn. And once I put some processes in place, I realized that it saved me time and it made me ready to to do the things that I needed to do to help uh, help my students and help my teachers and for me to be more effective. You know, this is sort of the theme that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, uh, Jethro. Mm -hmm. Like, we talked about, you know, the things that we have to do. Uh, we did that as a podcast. Last week we had Kurt Reese on talk about email and inbox zero. So this wait, is really... Wait, can I just stop and say that, like, this has been the best week ever, getting to inbox zero? Oh, for sure. Like, multiple days in a row, more than the entire, like, my career. And I just have to quote Tia Henriksen from the Voxer chat, who said, who knew flying unicorns were real? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Inbox Zero is, like a flying unicorn. Okay, I'm sorry. Back to, okay. back to you, Jethro. So, yeah, so this is the theme that we've been talking about, and we're really excited about it. And I guess we just thought, like, so what's the next... Um, you know what's the next step here? Because it, to mention T as well, we have that she's in our Voxer uh, chat for Principal PLN, and she said she got her inbox zero, or inbox down from about eight thousand to zero, and now she's ready to conquer the paper on her desk. And we thought, okay, maybe Jethro can help us out with this. So you you said that you put some processes in place. Tell us a little bit about what those are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I get into the processes, though, I I just want to reiterate that it's not about being paperless because I still use paper. Um, it's not about uh, completely issuing everything and going all digital. It's about having a way to deal with everything, a plan and a process. I haven't listened to what Kurt Reese said last week um, yet, but I'm I'm sure that that what I'm going to say aligns with what he talked about. So there's there's three things that you do in a paperless workflow. The first thing is you capture whatever that paper is into a digital format. You process it and then you use it. And so I got these ideas from David Sparks who wrote a book called Paperless and then I took a lot of his things and I adapted it to those of us in education so because we deal with paper differently. And so so you capture it, you process it, you use it, and then you have a process in place for each of those things. So for me, capturing was all about everything that came to my inbox, which was a lot. Uh, I had the secretaries at the school scan it into uh, a Dropbox folder. So everything came in and was in this Dropbox folder, and I created an action folder uh, in Dropbox. Then I would go through there and I would process each of the things that was in there and and I had a system for doing that. And then there were some things that once I processed them, it was done. And then there were other things that I needed to actually do something with. So the simplest way for me to describe what what's going on is is dealing with witness statements from students. We had we had many issues. We had a four hundred and thirty office discipline referrals my first year and all I did all day every day was deal with these witness statements that came in that kids filled out about somebody did this to me or that to me and I would I'd deal with those every single day and the uh, 
the the paper was so much that I'd lose them. They wouldn't be kept together. I couldn't remember who I had talked to and who I hadn't talked to. And so when these papers got scanned, then I'd have this chronological order of documents that were related to these incidents, and I'd be able to just go through, and as soon as I did something with it so that it was done, I would rename it and file it in a folder for that specific student. And so by the end of the year, I had a folder of that was 1.2 gigabytes in size of all these. Scans <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. That is so ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so what does that translate? Things. Like, if you were to stack that, just out of curiosity, to break it down for us, like, if you were to stack that amount of paper, how, how big do you think it would have been for that one year um, when just the ODRs? So it... We actually kept all the paper for uh, re for retention schedule kind of thing for student discipline. So we we filled up an entire um, banker's box full of of all those papers, and it was a ton. And just to process all of that was it was overwhelming. So naturally, um, I needed to to do something with it. So. Um, I have in the book, which you can you can get on in iTunes. It's an iBook. Um, I have a picture of my desk before, and it's just this this inbox that I had of paper, and it was just covered, like totally stacked full. Those little folder things, totally stacked full, and just everything was shoved in there. And I, the thing that is the most scary thing to me is that I know there were. Uh, students that fell through the cracks that didn't have their issues resolved because I didn't have a process in place that first year. And after I got a process in place, I became much quicker at doing what needed to be done. I got uh, got kids taken care of. I actually responded to every issue rather than just some of them that I could actually find on my desk. So it, it really changed how I was able to actually do my job. Um, so I just want to add in, like, I used to be the type of person that could function in, you know, the piles of mess, and I knew which pile to find, you know, whatever it was that I needed in. Um, but after changing, after reading David Allen's Getting Things Done and, you know, changing my process, like, I, now if there's piles or a mess on my desk, I can't even function, and I realize how much time gets wasted searching for something if you if you don't have a system. It, it makes such a huge difference. Yeah, the system part is is absolutely vital. And as I said, I had that chronological list in I could just sort my finder by date created and I'd be able to see who was first and who I needed to take care of. Obviously if something was bigger then I'd move it up to the top and deal with that issue first. But I could I could see what was happening, and once I dealt with it, once I dealt with that actual issue, I renamed that file and moved it off into uh, a organized by student last name uh, folder that I didn't. I could only have to access that when I actually needed it. Wow. So um, you said you were a, a vice principal at the time. What did your principal, secretary, you know, administration? What did they think about like this going paperless? Was there a big, you know, sort of you know, uh, like hesitation, or you know, how was it received? 
Um, so with them, I they were not as tech savvy as I was, and so I gave them the information that they needed to be able to interact with things. So I shared the student discipline folder in Dropbox with my principal so that she could access it anytime she needed. And then all she had to do was do a spotlight search for a specific student's name, and that student's folder would show up so she could go through and see everything in there. Um, for the secretary, it was just about before you put papers in my box, you run them through the scanner and stamp scanned on them, and then that's all you need to do. So it's one extra little step, but it's not um, burdensome or overwhelming for her. It was a simple thing that she felt comfortable doing, and then she was able to to help me out in that way. And I, I knew if I got something in my box that didn't have the stamp on it, then somebody else had put it there, and it hadn't gone through the secretary first. So then I just go scan it, put a stamp on it, and then put it back in my box. So I'd, I'd go check my box once a day, and if I'm out helping kids and doing observations, I don't want to be constantly hovering around my mailbox anyway. And so the other thing that I did is that whenever a file was changed in my, um, in my Dropbox, I got a notification on my phone using an app called Boxcar, which is a custom notification app, and that would show up on my phone and it would say that I had a new witness statement in my Dropbox. Then I could look at it on my phone and see how serious it was and go deal with that student right then rather than waiting to get back to my office, getting all that paperwork, going through and finding who I needed to deal with, and then going back out to a classroom that I may have just barely been in or been close to, and then addressing it. So it helped me get things done a lot quicker and be notified about them a lot sooner. So I have a question for you. When you're taking down your notes, like say you were interviewing for an investigation or something like that, or just taking notes if you're in a parent conference meeting or teacher evaluation meeting, something like that, do uh, how do you do that? Like, where you type? Do you type your notes or do you use that? Because I've seen some people use the. Um, I guess Evernote has a, a book that you can buy, and you write in it, and it. it I don't even know how it works, but it actually just goes into Evernote or you scan it in or something like that. Yeah, so that is a is a Moleskine uh, notebook, and you, it has little dots on the page to organ, orient the camera when you take a picture with Evernote. And then all that does is you just take a picture of it with your phone or with your uh, webcam, whatever, and it will it'll take a picture of it and then put it into Evernote. That's not how I did it. I just used... Um, text files in Dropbox, and I would just uh, make these, um, i just do a communication log, and then I'd type in the date and the time, and I'd use Text Expander for a lot of things, which is a text snippet tool, so I would type D-T-I-M-E, and that would do the date in a specific format, and then the time, and so I didn't ever have to worry about knowing what time it was or typing any of that, it would just come out when I type D-T-I-M-E, D time, and then I'd be able to type in what happened. The other way that I took notes is I just took them on that witness statement. And so if I was interviewing a kid and they were giving more information, I'd just take notes on the witness statement right there, and that would make it a little bit easier. I wouldn't have to have my computer to take notes when I'm interviewing a kid. And then I'd have those, um, 
those notes attached to the witness statement that I was uh, that I was filing away, so I could have those notes when I went back and looked at a specific issue. So, how are you using this now? Uh, I know it's been a few years since your book came out, and and now you're a principal. Uh, what are some of the things that have really stood the test of time, and and what are some things that um, are, that you're doing differently? Uh, that's a great question. I'm at a school now where we don't have the uh, discipline issues that I had at my last school, and so that big piece of just dealing with that deluge um, has really has really helped. So I I don't have that need anymore. So what I, what is still happening is I'm still using Dropbox to keep track of those um, the communication log. And my assistant principal now is a really big Evernote user, and I've struggled with getting into Evernote, but I'm trying something new this year and trying to do it uh, how uh, how he wants to. And so we're using Evernote, and um, and so we're putting all the witness statements in Evernote, and uh, and so that has changed a little bit. It's the same basic principle. One thing that I'm actually liking is that. I can start a note on a specific student and then add all the witness statements and all the discipline issues to that particular student, which um, I can also take pictures of evidence and things like that. And that is, that's one really good argument for using Evernote that I'm, I'm really enjoying. Whereas before, I would take pictures and I'd have to file them in Dropbox, which took a little bit more time. Evernote, you just find that kid's... Um, that kid's note, and then you can just add everything to it. Evernote, so, the search feature in Evernote is such oh, a great awesome. feature. Yeah, it I'm really. Sorry to interrupt you. I, I'm a huge Evernote fan. I, I know you are, Jessica, and I I want to learn from you, and I want to <laughs> learn how to use it better. And I just, for some reason, I'm I really struggle with wrapping my mind around it. And I'm getting better. But it's, I, it's I struggle with it too, and Teresa's a Evernote whiz as well. And it's like we've had these shows where we talk about Evernote, and I'm I just leave, and I'm like my head is spinning. But yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, you know the general principles that you're talking about, no pun intended, want want um, about uh, you know making sure that you know your your office desk is clear you know you're processing paper so um, are you still <clears throat> are you still scan or, or do you still scan your own stuff like say if you're getting I don't know letters or uh, you know printed materials from you know various I don't know workshops or something like that like how are you managing your your paperwork now as a principal yeah absolutely um, I scan a ton of things. If it's something that I feel like I need to, that I feel like I need to keep, I I do scan it. Um, I'm realizing more and more that many things I don't need to worry about keeping, and so I read through them and then I trash them. I uh, when I see good um, good articles that I think my teachers will appreciate, I scan those and have those saved in a little folder for. Um, uh, teacher ideas, or uh, somebody I was talking to recently called it a uh, Freaky Friday folder, and um, and so you have the when things are going crazy and you don't know what's happening. Here's my Freaky Friday lesson folder, and so I 
I have started one of those at that person's suggestion to um, to have uh, a place to store those things so I can grab them and say, here's what you should do when you've got 10 minutes left and you finished your lesson and you don't know what to do. Grab something out of this folder and, and share that Dropbox folder with them. All right, so we just want to uh, bring this together. I just had one more question I was thinking about. So you know, you've talked about you know developing a process, you know getting that, that printed material into some sort of scanned format. And like you said, you're 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 you know you're opening yourself up too. There's other things mm -hmm. you know besides Dropbox like Evernote. I'm sure there's other things. So you know you you would you would use that process, and then like you said, you actually use it or you have access to use it. Um, what would you suggest uh, now since the technology has changed. Is there anything that you like out there as far as uh, a scanning um, device that could really help principals? Yeah, um, it's important. However, it's easy for you. My assistant principal likes to take pictures with his phone of the witness statements. That's fine with me. I prefer to scan them in using uh, like a Fujitsu ScanSnap IX500. That's, That's what I have too. have. Yeah, I have the S1300, and it's I've used it for since I was t it's probably five years old, and it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, they they last for a long time. They're really great, and um, if you take care of them and treat them nicely, then they they are awesome machines and can they can go fast. They can um, they do OCR, so it recognizes the text, which for my um, for my process was really important because. That made it so that when a when a document came in that was called witness statement, um, I could automatically rename that to be the witness statement, and then I didn't have to um, didn't have to worry about it. So that idea of being able to automatically recognize text uh, is so powerful because things that you need to things for compliance, like if the Office of Child and Family Services came to our school, we had to send those off to different places, I was able to create a process where the secretary scanned that in and then it automatically emailed a copy of that to my district person, to the Office of Child and Family Services, so that my part of compliance of fulfilling that requirement was scanning it and then my computer automatically did the rest and I never missed a report on that from the time that I set that up. It was, it's really awesome. You know what is another really good feature that ScanSnap does is that um, I, I have it set up because it's got this desktop, you know, suite once you install the software and it can actually put things right into Evernote. So I, because I use my scanner, every I scan every piece of paper that comes through because for me it's easier to search it using the OCR than it is to try to, to find it in a binder or, or in a file folder or whatever. And if you scan it through, it will open immediately in Evernote. You can rename it. You can put it in the folder you want, tag it, and it's, it's already in there. It's a, it, those two work together so, so well. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. All right, I have one more question for you, Jethro. You've talked about Dropbox and you've talked about Evernote. Do you have any other um, must-have apps to be the paperless principal? Uh, yes, the the one that is a little bit more nerdy is Hazel, which is a a processing app that did most of the work for me. 
So when I said that uh, the that I would set it up so that if it said witness statement, then it would notify my phone. That was because Hazel would recognize that the word witness statement was inside the document, and it would rename it and timestamp it automatically, so that um, I knew what I w what was waiting for me. Um, that is is that an iPad app? Is that uh, it's an app for the computer. So it's all about dealing with files and folders on your computer, and it is incredibly powerful. I'm not even scratching the surface, but it is truly amazing the things that you can do with that. So it can recognize certain text inside a document and then do things with that document based on what's in that text, which and is it's just... Hazel spelled like my great-grandmother, Hazel, H-A-Z-E-L. <laughs> is it through NoodleSoft? Yes, through NoodleSoft. I've never uh, heard of this one. I, okay. I, I, am, I am installing it right now. <laughs> you are, uh, I totally you are free. I, I are reaching totally, a geek level here. I know. I, to, I totally dig is it. App. Is this a free app? <laughs> no, it's not free, and it is way underpriced. Like, how much I've used this app, I probably could have made... Uh, I probably would have spent upwards of $200 for it because it is that... Powerful. It says it's there's a free 14-day uh, trial, and then it's $29 to purchase it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. awesome. And if you need help getting uh, things set up with it, because it's a little bit meta, you, you just got to wrap your mind around it first. But just imagine, like, if you're ever moving files into a specific folder over and over again, then... This, this app does it. So all those organized by last name, student files, um, I just had a little process where I typed in the student name in there, and then when it recognized a specific format, then it moved it for me. So I didn't organize all those kids' files. The computer did it without any of my intervention. I just typed the kid's name. This is one of those times that technology is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. Awesome. Totally. That is awesome. So this, both. Oh, both but you know what? Sorry, Spike. Really quick. Is this? I have on here. I see that it's a Mac. Is this a Mac only product? Yes, Hazel is Mac only. They have a different one. That's a, another name for a Maid or something. That's for PC. If you go to alternative2.net and look in, um, look in, uh, type in Hazel, then it will. It'll tell you what that other one is. And I'll find it, and we'll get it in yeah. the show notes. Yep. That's awesome. I, I, I'm like, this is one of those shows where I feel like I'm, like, really behind the curve. Like, I, I am so impressed with you guys, you, you know, and I think um, there's some things that I definitely want to try based on this. Even though I read the book, I try to use the principles, and... <laughs> You know, uh, but I, I know that uh, both Jessica and Teresa will keep me, you know, uh, focused on this. So, uh, Jethro, where can, um, where can our, our listeners find you other um, than Alaska? Right. <laughs> you can fly all the way out here and, uh, and come <laughs> right. on the island with me. I'll take you fishing. <laughs> um, yeah, on Twitter I'm at Jethro Jones, and then I also do a uh, podcast called The Transformative Principle and uh, transformativeprinciple.com. Um, and uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, send me an email, call me, 8017-JETHRO is my phone number. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Google Voice. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is really cool. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I, was, I should talk I was to this guy get, more. <laughs> <that's right. laughs> Maybe you have to go on the transformative principle. I mean, see that, and that's the way we roll, Jethro. Like we're all we're all in it for, uh, you know, to, you know, to learn and to expand our PLN, and and it's really cool that that you're able to come on today and and share with us, and then, you know, hopefully we'll be on your show and and uh, connect with your listeners as well. I would love that. I hope I can have all three of you on because you all three are inspiring, and I've learned a lot from each of you. So thank, thank you. you. Ditto. We love we're learning from each other. It's all about the PLN. <laughs> That's right. Yep. So all I'm right. fighting if in the background. Any other, if we don't have any other questions, we're gonna let Jess send us out. All right, principal PLN out. Thanks for sharing in the learning with us today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and continue the conversation by joining the Voxer group. Links can be found at principalpln.com.